join Dr. Martha J, educator, instructor, literacy specialist, coach, and author as she explores ways to support educators in their plight to be effective teachers, literacy coaches, and administrators in the ever-changing field of education. Welcome to Rethink It, a place where we examine issues and concerns and we identify habits we can implement or cultivate to effectively address these issues. I am your host, Dr. Martha J, and on this season, we will address five things you should know about teaching writing to improve writing performance in all students. And with me this season to help me navigate the topic of writing performance are two well-abled people. Muriel, who will be with me for segment one, is connected with Utopia Connect, a nonprofit, and also After School Matters, where she deals with students after school. For segment two, I have Mr. Bagnado, who is a former high school and also college instructor. And then I will wrap it up for segment three, where I bring out the habits that we would like instructors to implement so that we could handle the issue of improving writing performance among our students. Muriel is CEO and founder of Utopia Connect, a nonprofit concerned with helping marginalized women in their plight to succeed. Utopia Connect also focuses on preventing the cycle of marginalization by supporting youth and children in the community. What makes Muriel more suited for this um, as co-host for this season is her work with After School Matters, a nonprofit that focuses on developing skills in students after school and since we are focusing on teaching of writing i felt that she would be best suited because of her work with specific subgroups as well as the after school portions muriel it's all yours introduce yourself thanks for having me martha and you've already done a great job of introducing me I think if I were to add anything more, I would say my role is one that is centered around helping my community to connect. I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to take your gifts and apply it to all facets of your life. I do that in my role as a nonprofit executive as well as an after-school administrator. It has been rewarding to be able to research, network, and pool all of those resources to help people and communities connect the dots. So first off, Muriel, you know that we are dealing with the writing situation um, among students nationally. And um, as a writing instructor myself, I decided it was good. It would have been a good idea to talk about this situation. We focus so much on reading, but not on writing. And so I wanted to ask you, Thinking of your work with nonprofits, whether it's with Utopia Connect or with After School Matters, 
What do you encounter as far as writing ability that you can tell us? Probably in the realm of subgroups. Do you see it more prevalent among subgroups? Do you see it more prevalent on particular grade levels, say elementary versus high school? But I'm just curious to know what is your experience from a nonprofit or after-school perspective. Martha, as you know, I'm very focused on advancing women and girls through the work we do at Utopia Connect Foundation. So I'm always paying close attention to how women measure up in the world of literacy. There's no denying that we have a lot of work to do with black and brown children. But I think if we can also zero in on enhancing literacy opportunities for girls, we could hit a gold mine in making impact for future generations. And I think if I might add, the pandemic dealt a hard blow to all of us and definitely to education. And we should be doing everything we can to bring kids up to speed. Yuria, thank you for your response. It is exciting to know that there are organized entities like yours that concern themselves with improving literacy among students, especially the ones who are in subgroups, like you clearly stated. What I would like, though, is to make sure that we focus. I know every time we think of literacy, we are apt to think reading. But I, I, I just want us to begin to think that writing is equally as important as reading. And we need in those um, how would I say, those entities where we focus on literacy, we want to be able to not give writing the back seat, but rather side-by-side seat because it is important. Martha, why do you think there should be a greater emphasis placed on writing? <laughs> so you ask why the focus on writing? For me, it's a combination of things. One as a high school teacher um, a few years ago, I worked at the University of the Virgin Islands as well, teaching students who were non-matriculated students. And one of the things I realized is as a high school teacher, I took responsibility for sending students to the university level who were not prepared to write. I was part of that funnel, and I thought that probably I could do something about it. And one of the things I did was to pay attention to, try my best to teach the students who were now at the university level because they were more prepared to learn. At least that's what I thought. But then a few years after, I had an opportunity to grade paper or some some essays of students who were probably, they should have been writing well already. And the results were not very promising. And I thought then that if we taught students how to write habitually, they would not produce those kind of writings when they were caught off guard. And hence, that's how I ended up becoming an advocate for writing. I decided from that very day, and that was 2009, that's a long time ago, 
when I made that concerted effort, I, should, I could even say I vowed that every time I had students, I was going to give them the opportunity to write habitually. I wanted them to see writing as something that they had to engage in on a daily basis. And sometimes it didn't even have to be physical writing. It could just be oral expression. But students had to engage in all of the skills that we use for writing. And the most important one is critical thinking, which we will address some more in this um, session. But it was something that I decided then. And not only that, but then when I look at the national statistics, if we take, for example, the results of the national assessment for educational programs 2022 results we'll see that 20 about 30 percent of students tested were able to write on or above grade level in other words 30 percent of students were proficient writers more a lot more students are proficient readers so what does that tell me it tells me that students are able to read and not able to write effectively on grade level. So writing is a problem. It has been a problem. We know that we've had several acts in Congress. We had the no child left behind in 2000 and or 2002, thereabout. And then we had the ESSA in 2015. And um, even though we have created new acts we have still not we still have not done a great job at addressing the reading performance far more for writing performance so i'm i feel that as educators we need to pay attention or closer attention if we look at advertisements for example for jobs everything you will see communicate effectively with oral and written communication. And so writing is something that's important and we cannot continue to, to negate it or to, we cannot continue to behave or act as if it does not. So therefore we need to take close, pay close attention to the issue of writing. One of the things I know for a fact is in order for someone to be able to write well, they need to be able to think. And one of the things that we want students to understand is, and teachers too, if we are going to teach all our students to write on grade level, one of the first things we need to teach them is critical thinking. How do we develop critical thinking in our students to ensure that they can think well? If you're not able to think critically, it is almost impossible to be able to write. And so our thing number one for the five things that we're gonna talk about this season is to develop critical thinking. So I'm gonna go over to my co-host, Muriel. When you think of critical thinking, or when you hear the word critical thinking, what comes to mind? Critical thinking, hmm. I guess the first thing that instantly comes to mind is the word deconstruct. How do you unpack the question, the issue, the dialogue? 
How do we dig deep to isolate multiple elements, then use good reasoning to figure out how, how to piece those elements back together, or even throw some out if they are not well-grounded? And I can't help but say that not enough of that is happening in today's age of misinformation. What I was thinking is how do you plan to develop critical thinking among students in the after school realm or in the utopia connect realm is that something you think you would be able to do more of how do you plan to to handle that um actually i like that question and i like it because it signals that this is something that is all of ours to do to ensure that we create more spaces for curiosity and I think that quite often we assume this is a role only for teachers, for the classroom, or for academic institutions. But I think creating more opportunities for play, for dialogue, for experimentation and questions is key. And it's what I try to remind others that I work with um, in the after-school arena uh, to infuse into projects and programs. So I think shaping those types of learning spaces it may require more time and intentionality, but it ultimately definitely yields success. Yuria, thank you very much for your time and for your insight on how to develop critical thinking, but most importantly, how to contribute towards developing and improving, developing writing and improving writing performance among our students. Thank you for your time. Actually, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for having me today. Don't go away. When we come back, we will be joined by Mr. Bignado, who will introduce himself and share with us his thoughts on critical thinking and what it looks like on the high school level. You are listening to Rethink It with Dr. Martha J, where she examines how to utilize principles of habits to influence success in the areas we want them. Welcome back. Mr. Bignado is an educator. He has taught on the high school and tertiary level, and he is very well suited as a language arts teacher in the high school level to tell us some more about or to help us through those, this discussion on writing performance. Mr. Bignadel, thank you so much for accepting this challenge and I would like you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Good afternoon. The, uh, the honor is all mine. I, I was uh, honored to, to call you my mentor teacher for a multitude of years, and, and I'm, I'm honored to be able to extend that learning and uh, those experiences into this podcast. Um, I taught at the high school for just short of a decade and then moved on to teaching uh, mm -hmm. adults at the college level, English language arts. So uh, I'm definitely well-versed in the, in the curriculum and the pedagogy, and uh, I look forward to discussing. Awesome. Thank you so much for um, taking up for again for coming um one of the things i have noticed but just looking at the statistics on writing is that even students who are able to read well 
So for example, according to the National Educational um, Statistics on the Nations Report Card, according to that, it, it suggests that 60% of students read on grade level. But those same statistics show that only 30% of students, fourth and eighth graders, rewrite on grade level. And so as a writing instructor myself, both on the high school and college level, I decided that one of the things I would like to do is to, you know, that picking up that one oyster kind of thing, let's see how I can, you know, we can contribute to that, you know, share with educators what it is that they can do in their classrooms to ensure that student performance moves in writing actually increases. And so I, what, one of the things I decided to do is to look at five things that we can do to ensure that that happens. And the first thing I looked at was critical thinking. So Mr. Magnato, I wanted to ask you, what do you think, what do you think of when you think of critical thinking? What comes to mind when you think of critical thinking? Uh, I would define critical thinking as the ability to effectively internalize information with the goal of determining original conclusions based on the full scope of information provided. And I think that that, 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 that definition or, or, or concept of critical thinking, it speaks to the, the, the writing and the reading scores that you just mentioned, because the, we, we're, we're, what we're seeing with the 60% of students being on grade level at reading, that I, I think that follows. You know, like students are able to read and take in that information. We, we, we know that humans are mostly capable of this, this skill of, of looking at information, reading information, processing it, and internalizing it. The next step is in 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 is creating new information, right? That the 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 skill of being able to create original thought based on that information and writing is just the the, the physical process of putting those words onto paper instead of or in in, in onto computer um, instead of verbalizing them. So I think that it follows that it, it's I don't want to say uh, easier because it's definitely not easier, but it. it we, we as an American education system, we, we, we've handled the first step of the process. We've gotten our students to well, but now how do we get our students to be able to, again, get that, that this is the synthesis portion, right? That, that how can, are they, are they using their higher order thinking skills, which I'm, I'm hoping we'll get to talk, talk about a little bit later. Um, but are, are they able to use the higher order thinking skills to take the information that they've identified and then build new ideas um, using that information and in a task or a goal? Awesome. And, and you're very right because that's where um, we fall short. Students, we need to realize that writing is a little more than just reading to comprehend it's about creating it's about being able to think about what we're going to write and in order to th write we need to be able to do that critically which means take a look at information that we are taking in evaluate that information and of course go ahead and create new information from it just like you said thank you so much for that response another question i have for you mr bignardo is yep. as a high school teacher I'd like you to explain 
how educators can utilize critical thinking to guide writing. So I know you've done that a lot. Um, I, as you said, I was your mentor for a little while, and I know that you were able, you had critical thinking classrooms. So as a, a former high school teacher, I wanted to speak to fellow high school teachers listening to you. How can they cultivate, you know, what can they do in that classroom to ensure that students are able to think critically? Share with us, please. Well, I think that it's, um, it's all, it's, it, I like to think of it as chunking, right? Or, or, or breaking up the, 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 the writing practice. And if you're utilizing critical thinking practice, you as an educator are simulating that writing process. You can, um, you can split it up into the different higher order, um, skills, um, analysis, evaluation, synthesis, and you can do them separately and independently and then jigsaw them back together. Um, or you can just do it. I mean, you can, you can, you can teach them all at once. It's a little, that's that's the expert level. And and, and we want to move our students to that point, right. Where they, where they can, um, effectively implement all of those skills together in, in one practice. But by, by breaking up the higher order thinking skills into separate practices, you're giving them a dedicated, um, and cons- uh, a very um, laser focused approach to, to learning the writing process, right? You're, you're, um, students that are learning how to write effectively must first understand that critical thinking is an essential capacity for strong writing. You can't be a strong writer if you cannot critically think. So therefore, you, you have to practice those critical thinking skills in order to then be able to um, convey your thoughts um, via writing. A student that can identify pertinent information and analyze that information in order to analyze um, the information's value will be able to transfer those thoughts to paper within the boundaries of the writing assignment that they are provided. Classrooms that promote critical thinking as an essential capacity for strong writing um, they let that look. What does it look like? Um, I feel like it looks like maybe like like a team of engineers collaborating to develop an architectural blueprint. Um, classrooms that promote critical thinking. What does it sound like? Maybe it sounds like a, a think tank in which members balance possible solutions between each other in order to determine which verbalization of a solution has the most value. But but at the core, what what we're doing when we're doing critical thinking practice is we are allowing our students to make mistakes in their in their logic in their in their thinking process because we 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 need our students to be able to um take those baby steps in critical thinking independently right like maybe do an analysis activity so they can get really good at analysis and then do some evaluation activities independently so they can practice their evaluation skills and then you do some synthesis activities so they can practice their synthesis skills and then you can bring it all together so the students can see how the process supports itself awesome. but at the end of the yeah I, I can back off here no you awesome awesome <laughs> awesome and you said a few things that i would really like to piggyback on you said bounce back off and you also said make mistakes and i think these are two crucial pieces that teachers need to understand that students are not always going to tell you exactly what you want to hear and that's what critical thinking is Students are able to listen to information. They're going to evaluate that information. They're going to listen to others speak. They're going to, others are going to listen to them speak. And then they're going to evaluate that 
and make new decisions if they need to. But just the idea of being in a safe space to make mistakes, to bounce ideas off, to listen to others, I think that's exactly what we need in classrooms. I've experienced classrooms where teachers, students walk in, they walk to a corner, they take up a book, and they work, and then the bell goes, and then they leave. And it's not that it's just a one-day thing. That's like a, a whole classroom um, culture. And these classroom cultures do not encourage critical thinking. And that's what I'd like teachers to know. Yes, you can have, you may want a classroom that looks orderly, but orderly does not mean quiet. It does not mean nothing out of your mouths. It means let's talk, let's listen, let's you know agree and disagree in a in an amicable or a decent manner and that's what i think cultural um, a critical thinking classroom should look like thank you so much i think i think what you just described is the problem of of what standardized standardized testing has done to to our classrooms we, we you just described a classroom that is that is modeled to be a high stakes test you know, we have our we have our kids come into our classrooms, and we want to synthesize the, the 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 environment of a high stakes test so they can quote unquote be prepped and prepared for what that environment is like. But if that's all we're focusing on creating that environment, then we're not giving them the building steps, like you said, to make mistakes and and and, and fail and, and and learn in order to get to the point where they where they can perform. And, and on a high stakes test, they, they, they need to be able to build the knowledge base and build the foundational skill levels, and then go 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 show their uh, what they've learned and display their learning on the high stakes test. Awesome. But this i but this idea that our that our classrooms should look like testing centers is 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 really hurting our students' ability to 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 learn how to critically think. Exactly. Exactly. But thank you so much, Mr. Bagnado, for your time. And I trust that the teachers or educators, whether they're parent educators and school educators who are listening to this podcast, they will understand the value of allowing students to make mistakes, allowing students to discuss, and making their classrooms or transforming their classrooms into critical thinking labs so that they can have a better success in writing performance thank you again and i appreciate you of course if i could just say one more thing mm -hmm. um i i i think one of the hardest things for, for a teacher to do is to provide um an engaging routine that is built on positive habits um the role of routine and habit is is to provide that ample opportunity to practice awesome. skill um humans whether they're children teens or adults they every human needs to repeat practice in order to increase skill awesome. um therefore therefore if the mundane and, and, and i mean let's we want to be honest with our repetitive practice it, it, it's it's tedious it can be tiresome awesome. so in, in order to overcome that we need to we as educators need to build an engaging routine that's built on positive habits um so these students like fall, they, they fall that they, you want to you want them to fall in love with the dedicated practice. Okay, and that's that's a, that's one of the five things we said that teachers need to do. So we will definitely have an entire podcast dedicated to that one. So um, thank you for just that little touch on the topic. 
and um, we will go ahead and discuss it at length in a future one. Thank you so much again. Most excellent. So there we have it, listeners. Critical thinking is very crucial for the development of writing skills or effective writing skills. You heard Muriel and you heard Mr. Bagnado. Um, I will just go over a few of the concepts and just leave with you the habits that you need to cultivate as educators in your classrooms, whether they are elementary, middle, or high school classrooms, what are some of the habits that you need to cultivate to ensure that you can develop strong critical thinking skills in your students? For all the years that I have been teaching writing, I have come to the same conclusion. In order for my students to write, they must understand critical thinking. I, as an instructor, must spend time teaching my students the value of critical thinking. If they're not able to think critically, if they do not understand critical thinking, they are not able or not even motivated to write. In order to be motivated to write, you must be motivated to think. And if you're not motivated to think, it's no way we're going to get you to write. And so the first thing I want to help educators and parents understand that if your child is in one of those categories, 60%, the ones who do not write on or above grade level, number one fundamental skill that must be taught is critical thinking. I like to use analogies when I make things plain. And one of the analogies I'd like to use is my, 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 my relationship with dogs. When I was, say, about eight or nine, maybe a little older, I walked into my aunt's yard and her dog just bit me. It didn't bark. It didn't say anything. It just walked up to my foot. I thought it was sniffing and it just bit my foot. Um, so I was terrified of dogs from scenes. I would go to places where they were, but I just would not want anything to do with them. If I walked into somebody's house where they had a dog, I would just be shaky or just like terrified for most of the time. And so I would not, so think about it. My bias about dogs would be all dogs are bad. They're going to bite me. They're not honest. They just, you know, I can't trust them. And so what I had to do as an adult is to pay attention to what are my biases? Am I giving all dogs a fair try or a fair shot at this thing because one dog beat me that all dogs are bad? And so it took me some time to get to that place. But um, post-pandemic, I found myself dog-sitting. I found myself doing all the things that people, dog owners do to dogs. I mean, I even do dog wash. 
The point is, I had to be willing to take a look at the information I have about dogs. Take a look and learn more about dogs, actually. So get more, analyze that information and form a judgment. But at the same time, beware of my own biases. And so I was able to take a look at that. And guess what? I was able to make a change. Now, critical thinking doesn't mean that you always change your mind after you've analyzed things or after you have um, checked out your assumptions and your biases. You can hold on to what you already have. Of course, because that's critical thinking. But the, 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 the idea is to be able to take a look at information closely, to, to look closest to analyze, evaluate those, judge them, and then create new assumptions if you need to, or create new con constructs so that you can develop other things about it. As Seal says, you need to disagree without being disagreeable. And that's one of the things, the problems I think we have in society. We, we understand that we can have different views on different ideas. But then when we express our views, people want to, you want to be castigated because you expressed your views. So we need to learn to disagree without being disagreeable. And um, this critical thinking process is what helps students or give them the ability to be able to write or develop a concept. Writing is more than just writing down words on paper. It's about developing a concept. And you need to be able to go through a concept, analyze it, talk through it, work through it, agree, disagree, do all of the things that we do not normally ask students to do. And people might ask the question, okay, if you say that critical thinking is that important, and from what you just said, critical thinking seems like it's something hard. So when should we begin critical thinking? And that's one of the things that Colin Seal is, is arguing for. He's saying we should teach kids to think like lawyers early on. And he's not the first. We've had people like Professor Pearson from Berkeley College, where he spoke about teaching, writing, and reading from the inception. Do not wait until kids are in third grade to start teaching them to write. We need to start teaching them to write from kindergarten. And then you may say to me, oh, well, they can't write. Well, yes, they can't use a pencil, but writing is a lot more than using a pencil. Writing is thinking critically. Writing is being able to respond to questions, look, find evidence to support them, be able to defend a question that you are responding to because you can think through it. And that's what we need to teach students early on. And I am not one of those who propose to teach students writing from third grade. That is way too late. We need to teach them writing from pre-K. We need to teach them how to 
develop critical thinking by taking them into the different environments and asking them questions about those environments, asking them questions about those constructs. Give them opportunities to ask questions of their own thinking. If they can question their own thought process, then they are in a, process, in a, in a position to be able to write later on in life. So what does it look like in your class? I know that's one of the questions you're going to ask. Okay, if I must teach critical thinking to my pre-K student, what does it look like in my class? So traditionally, what we normally do, we, we sit, we teach a story, we talk about the old woman in the shoe and how she had so many children, she didn't know what to do. That's um, nursery rhymes and all that. And then we just move on. And we always ask questions that are right there. For example, who lived in the shoe? The old woman. How many children did she have? And so, but we never take time to ask questions of why did she have so many children or allow students opportunities to question things. If she was such an old woman, how come did she have so many small children? I'm thinking of that as a grown person. I didn't think of that as a child because nobody gave me the opportunity to even think about that. We just said it and we moved on. But these are the things, this is what critical thinking looks like in your classroom, in the kindergarten classroom. Giving students opportunities to question, to analyze, to evaluate, to agree, to disagree, and to create new ideas, to come up with ways to solve problems. Problem-solving skills are part of critical thinking. When we think critically, we are solving problems. So instead of just asking those five questions that the person who created the book wrote on the bottom for you with your kindergarten class and move on, once you've done that, yes, you need to develop your comprehension skills, but you need to develop critical thinking skills. And that's where your critical thinking skill comes. When you begin asking questions on Bloom's taxonomy that are in the higher level. So you're asking analysis questions, you're asking synthesis questions, you're asking evaluative questions. You want students to ask you questions of the story. Give them opportunities to ask questions. Too often as educators, we are worried that we might not know the response. It's okay if you do not know, nothing is wrong with that. You can say, all right, let's find out more about that tomorrow and we'll get back to it. It's okay to let your students know that you do not know. There's nothing wrong in that. To think critically is to analyze information, to form a judgment, about that information, but at the same time to be aware of our own biases, our own assumptions while we are encountering that information. We have to be aware of our own beliefs, our own biases. Colin Sill, one of the 
researchers, or I'm going to call him the CEO and founder of ThinkLaw, he puts it this way. He says, speak to be understood, listen to understand, and disagree without being disagreeable. A lot of times we find ourselves um, just taking in or absorbing new information and we, we just do not think it's necessary to spend some time to analyze that information. Or we may have some biases about that information and then we just do not want to hear any more about it. Listeners, there you have it. We heard from Muriel Baptist who told us how to develop critical thinking in the after-school setting or in the settings where we have subgroups outside of school. We also listened to Mr. Bagnato, who shared with us how to develop critical thinking in the classroom. And of course, you heard from myself where I shared my own examples. And you may notice that thing number one, which is critical thinking, it overlaps with higher order thinking as well as with developing routines. And so as you come back for more, you will hear us discuss the other things with more details. But thing number one, we want you to remember, in order to help your students develop writing skills, you must teach them how to be critical thinkers. And if they can think critically, and don't do it one day, critical thinking is something we learn as we grow older, we, we, we learn to take a look at things and evaluate them and, and go through them as we go. So it's a process. You want, to, you want to utilize that every day. But when we get to routine, we'll talk some more about it. But meanwhile, I just want to say thank you so much for your listen. Please share, like. If you listen on Spotify for podcasters, thank you so much. Or you can just listen wherever you listen to your podcasts. And um, you can also leave a message so that we can respond to our next podcast. And there's a question attached to this. If you listen on Spotify for, for podcasters, you will come across the question where we ask, does writing really matter? Something to that effect. But anyway, thank you again. You've been listening to Rethink It with Dr. Martha J. And I thank you so much for spending those few minutes with me. Until next time, bye-bye. You are listening to Rethink It with Dr. Martha J., where she examines how to utilize principles of habits to influence success in the areas we want them. 